from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. And welcome, everyone, to Masonic Light Podcast, episode number 162. 162. Hard to believe. Still here. Yeah. So we are at the something Edward. We're at the Edward J. Mack Scout Reservation in Newmanstown, Pennsylvania, uh, just north of the 322 and 501 interchange. Um, it's a beautiful little scout camp. I found it when my kids were were in scouts. Mm-hmm. And when I went out to the lodge in the hills out in Pittsburgh, uh, and it rained hard enough to float Noah's Ark, um, I said, I want to do that back home, but I want a roof handy in case yeah, we need it. That's so, good. Uh, so we're here. We're, uh, everybody's gathering in front of the dining pavilion. And, uh, and what are we going to do here? Well, we're going to have a really nice uh, dinner. What's this thing called? It's called the uh, Lodge in the Woods. There it is. Yeah. And we're uh, welcoming about 200 or so brothers from around the area. Uh, it's down a little bit this year, be, you know, frank. Um, but I, I think it's down for a good reason. And yeah. I think the reason is that there's just so much other interesting stuff to go and do in masonry in this area that that I think it's just, uh, you know, there's only so many hours in the day or in the Masonic month. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to do a bunch of interviews probably while we're here tonight. But uh, Jack has a lot of responsibilities with this event. Yeah. Um, I have nothing to do with this one. I have nothing to do. I'm not involved. Yeah, right. I'm going to let the rest of the lodge do what needs to be done. Uh-huh. And, it's always a great goal, right? And, but right about now... Uh, my world's about to explode. So you're going to hear me come in and out of this thing. Um, and right now I'm about to go out because I see a car creeping in where it shouldn't be. So uh, I have to go wrangle that. So uh, while Jack Peace. is walking away, I'll tell you that at this, as in all of our episodes, are brought to you by our sponsors. I'm probably going to forget some, so I may come back later. George J. Grove & Son, Hireman Solomon Cigars, uh, Intermezzo by Stephanie, uh, Scott J. Helm Electric, um, and probably somebody else that I'm forgetting, but uh, most importantly, our Patreon supporters. Uh, we thank you for uh, continuing to support us in this endeavor, and uh, you too can be a Patreon supporter for as little as $1 a month. We don't get Jack's echo because he's already left. But uh, anyway, um, That's our opening for this. Uh, uh, Josh and uh, everybody else, Larry and others, will be popping in here before too long. And we'll be right back with more from the Masonic Light Podcast. 
why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. I did. Did you hit it? We're on. Okay. Because when we did the thing at the uh, at, with the Oklahoma Indians, I forgot to push the button, and yeah, I know we didn't record most of the but whole day. We're back. But we're back uh, again. <laughs> don't know where we've been, but here we are, uh, and we're here with Nicholas Lane. Nicholas is, among other things, district deputy of the district of Hamilton in the Grand Lodge of Canada. Ontario. Come on, Larry. Ask him a question. Help. Help me. Help. Help me. Help. In the Grand Nicholas, Lodge. welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. So Tell I'm us from, a little bit about yourself. Sure. So, <laughs> as Jack almost got right, I'm uh, <laughs> from Hamilton District A of the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of in Ontario. The province. Oh, I knew right. That. Province of Ontario. Oh man. And you're out. and you're no stranger to the podcast. You no. Uh, I've been here a couple times. I don't remember exactly the episode, but I uh, I can't remember them. Yeah. Well, you were a worshipful master then. Yeah. Yeah, I was worshipful master last of a virtual. Yeah. Lodge. Correct. Which this is your really second cool. or third visit? Uh, three. Three, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes. Did you sign the wall? I did. I went back and signed the wall yesterday, yeah, Monday. I took him by the studio signed to sign it the wall. Did you erase the faux signature off? No, I left the faux signature on <laughs> and left it, the Canadian actually. flag. I thought you did very well. Said yeah. it was a good-looking maple leaf. Yeah, I was so excited, and I went and I dated it, too. That's good. That's yeah. good. So, yes. so you get service bars the next time you come. Correct. Right. I get service you get bars. Just like when I'm wearing on my uniform today. Uniform. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. uh, at, at our scouts, uh, our, our lodge in the woods, the dress for the meeting is business casual or scout uniform. And Nicholas is uniformed up, but we're waiting for the bling. Yeah, the bling comes out. The bling yes. comes out for the meeting. Yes. Because you've got bling. I do. Tell us about your bling. So uh, here in uh, in my neck of the woods, pretending if I'm in here in my neck of the woods, uh, the district deputy grandmaster has uh, has a dress code. It's very specific. I get to wear a tuxedo with tails, uh, a white shirt with white vest, white bow tie, mother of pearl gold studs, mother of pearl cufflinks. Um, I get to wear gauntlets. You'll get to see my gauntlets on my uniform. Ooh, the sleeves. Ooh. Yeah. I get to wear white gloves. Yes. He's like Wonder Woman. Has uh, to have a separate bag to get checked oh, through. <laughs> I have a Mini Cooper, and the only way the, the luggage for my lodge regalia sits is I have to put both seats down, because it can't fit in the Mini Cooper any other way. That's funny. Because it's that large. So, yeah, just a little bit of bling. It's kind of fun. We get to wear it for a year. Coming here, I had to call Jack and say, hey, Jack, who, who's the district deputy? 
and I need to talk to him so I don't overdress because I was told under no circumstances I was to always wear my tuxedo. Unless, yeah, they tell us that too, but unless uh, otherwise instructed, unless, so you don't over yeah. mm-hmm. overdress. So there's there's my stuff. Yeah, it's a nice drive. Took us um, about nine and a half hours. Drove past this on the way here. Jack's like, "How did you drive past this?" I said, "I have no idea. I put your address into the the GPS <laughs> and it went left, right, oh, okay. left, right, left, like right, and boop. Right. And then I was in Ephra. Yeah. Canada operates with a different GPS system than we do. That's probably it. Probably what it is. And the the Tom Tom says it's 67 months out of date. Oh, <laughs> oh, is that all? Yeah. They're like, I, I'm sure there's. I did no that once on a built. trip to California and ended up on a road um, that. A forest fire had gone through, and so the road no longer existed. Oh, geez. And I'm like, okay, now what? So I had I had mine take me through a cemetery once. Yeah, it was close. But exactly. anyway, so uh, you got to uh, help out with our mentoring class. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, Monday night, yeah. I uh, I showed up with with a little black book and uh, helped Jack with some of the uh, the, the new brethren. Just oh, saying. Okay. Yeah, the ritual book. Yeah, our ritual. And we discussed with the uh, the two candidates there a little bit of differences of the fellow craft and what we do differently, and tried not to uh, give them too much confusing information that that we use. <laughs> They've got stuff to learn. You so, all got a much better second degree than we do. I would. S- I've seen a second degree in California. I would say we both have very good degrees. Yeah. I would say our Ours second is, is a little just, bit longer. There's stuff you all do that we don't that I really like. Yeah, I think I. I I asked Jack, I said, where's your tracing boards in the lodge? And he looked at me and went... That's one of them. I'm like, no, no tracing boards. Hmm, how do you do the senior warden's lecture? Well, oh, you don't have a senior warden's lecture. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Very different. Um, so, what what else did you do fun while you were here? Fun or interesting? Uh, some guy got me a tour of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania... And I actually met one of my brethren from our virtual lodge, because he, he lives out here, uh, right with your brother, uh, Rick Schwamm. And, and this friend of mine took us for a, a private tour of the, the Grand Lodge, and it was spectacular. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a jaw-dropper, that building. I, I just, I was like, he says, this is cool, you'll like it. And I went, oh, okay. And then I went to all the rooms and went, how many masons are there in this state anyway there's got to be upwards of 100 because you guys can't like afford a building like we this. used to have that many <laughs> so i asked rick um while we were going through the building i said rick because rick rick's lodge meets there yes uh in the uh, egyptian room and i said which by the way is the coolest yeah, room it's in coolest the lodge, lodge room ever yeah. maybe but um i said uh you're here like every month sometimes two and three and four t- does it get old Yes. Does this building become humdrum? And he said, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And he's right. It, it's pretty hard for that building to get humdrum. But he, I, I like the Egyptian room, but uh, I thought there were other rooms there I actually like better. I mean, the Egyptian room was definitely the fanciest room and had the most bling bling kind of thing. And, and But the, uh, the Renaissance room that was under construction uh-huh. where we met Michelangelo. Yes. The painter? Yes. <laughs> Doing reconstruction. Michelangelo I, slash Willie Nelson. Yeah, slash <laughs> Willie Nelson. Um, I really like that room. Um, the Royal Arch rooms are kind of nice, too, just right. to see the difference in them. So 
To be honest, I, I like them all for different reasons. Yeah. But yes, definitely the Egyptian room was like. Did you sit in the chair in the east? I did, and I felt like I was little, uh, like a little kid, man. Uh huh. And that cool? You need a step <laughs> stool to get up. So, on it. so that was really interesting because I asked Jack that first important question: How does the master hit and close and open the lodge while sitting in this chair when the the pedestal's way over here? And he goes. Well, we stand. I said, right. we only stand in Eastern Star and Lodge. Right. The master sits for most of the night. Yeah, that's you know, another difference. Is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, it was kind of weird. So, yes, I had my feet dangling down, yeah. looking. Like Edith I had. That's always a fun picture to get when you're sitting in that chair. It yeah. was it was the Lily Tomlin, Carol Burnett. Yeah. Edith Ann. Yeah, Edith, Edith, Edith Ann. Yeah. My name is Edith Ann. Yeah. yeah. All I thought was one ringy-dingy, two ringy-dingy, but... <laughs> that's the operator. That's Lily Tomlin. That's, that's, that's Lily Tomlin, yeah. operator, but yeah, it, it was a... God, how old are fun. we? Oh, jeez, oh, never mind. We're old. We're Keep going. Ourselves. If you didn't understand that joke, you are not 50 years old or older. Or old. That is correct. That is correct. So, um, unfortunately, I have to bounce okay. um, because I have uh, cats to herd. You go have um, Kurt. But we'll continue on in. here. You guys continue on, and uh, I've got the Grandmaster queued up for you. All right. So you let me know when you need him, and I'll wave him we'll down. We'll get him uh, over here as soon as we're... Don't be too long. Yep, absolutely. We won't be. So tell us a little bit about... I know you did this probably on a previous episode, but talk to us about, like, the virtual lodge, because during COVID in particular, I know... Um, yes. That was a... I actually participated in that. I came in as a guest one time. Yes, you did. I remember and, that. And yeah. uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, How's that going? So, still, still strong. Um, I can give you from both hemispheres. Uh-huh. I know uh, Larry wants to talk about another person we have as a friend in the southern hemisphere. But um, so, most recently, I've been the um, I'm the immediate past master of Endeavor Virtual Lodge 944 out of the United Grand Lodge of Victoria. Okay, um, that's the Australian lodge. Right. So there's two uh, two lodges. Uh, I'd call it a, a parent and a child. Uh-huh. So the other lodge I'm the secretary of, or past secretary, long story, um, is Cass Island Virtual Lodge. So um, those two lodges are doing well. I would say that uh, Endeavor is continuing to grow. We're, uh, we're around 76 uh, people from around the world, Masons. Um, our officers are, are predominantly Australian, with uh-huh. a couple uh, exceptions. We have some uh, Taiwanese guys. Wait, um, predominantly Australian? I know, it's hard to believe, How did you isn't let it? that happen? I don't know. I'm, That's not right. I know, but we'll talk about Cass Island, which is predominantly U.S.-based. <laughs> <laughs> Second is Brazilian. So Brazilian Masons love Virtual Lodge. Yeah. But anyway, so let's just talk about Australia, and we'll come to the other one. Okay. So... Um, they're both working fine, I think is the first question you said. And how do we do in masonry? I think two things have happened. Um, many of us are zoomed out, both for work yep. and for lodge. So I would say, in fact, in Australia, we have a, had a bigger problem with that because they use Zoom for everything. Whereas North American Masons, as most of us know, we weren't allowed to do much of anything on Zoom other than say, you can say hello, maybe do business, and probably do education. But there was no other real lodge work being done. Right. But in Australia, their grandmaster said, at least in the Victorian jurisdiction, you can use what we did in um, Casa or Endeavor Virtual Lodge, and they did it across the jurisdiction. Wow! So they basically took our work and then said, "Okay, all of you want to be virtual here? We'll give you some work." So they were allowed to open and do work for almost a year, and we saw a decline of, of visitors. 
Uh, I would say the core group is still there. We probably get about 40 to 45 that's still a people. pretty good attendance. Yeah. yeah. That's still good. So it's not nothing to sneeze at. Um, I, I haven't tuned in in quite a while. Only I find this stuff boring. So. <laughs> you fall asleep no easy. No reflection on you. <laughs> no, of course not, Larry. It's you need so to start figuring out how to do virtual pot pie to get Larry to join. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm almost a 50-year Mason. Actually, beginning of next year. Yeah. And some of this stuff just goes over my head anymore. I don't know whether it's a lack of attention Old age, or it's I don't old know. age. I have no. We were talking about that off the air earlier about how, you know, technology just continues to expand at such a rapid rate yes. that it leaves you behind quickly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so. Well, I'm still trying to work my iPhone. Well, exactly. <laughs> I had that what a year and a half. Yeah, I still learn things. So in the North American side, where uh, our lodge is a little different, so Castle Virtual Lodge out of Winnipeg, Manitoba, um, we have 40 members. Five members are left for Manitoba. Our constituent officers are, outside of the secretary, only one Manitoba person is, is a officer. Our worship master is out of Colorado, uh, right worship brother Alex Herbert. Our uh, senior warden is Rick Schwamm. He's out of Pennsylvania. He told me the address. I can't tell. He's coming tonight. I'm going to find him. He's here. Um... Our junior warden is out of uh, um, Miami, Arizona. Let's see how well I do now. Uh, no, 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 no. Junior deacon, senior deacon are both. Uh, one's out of uh, New York. The other one's out of Michigan. Nope, New Jersey. Um, yeah, it kind of goes all the way through. So, again, we're, we're getting about 60 to 70 people at our meetings. Great. Uh, we hold them on the fifth Wednesday and the fifth Thursday, uh -huh. which is okay some days, except when the fifth Wednesday and the fifth Thursday collided, and I'd have to go stop going to lodge at nine o'clock Central Standard Time, and then go to sleep, and then get up at three o'clock in the morning, well, two o'clock. Yeah. And so there's some days there where it was, it was it was good to do it for a year. Yeah. Because it was a lot, but yeah. it was good. They both survived well. Technology works well. But as I said earlier, I think people are sometimes a little bit zoomed out at the end of the day. So you have to have a really good speaker who catches the attention of the, the brethren out there. Larry, you got one more question for uh, our guest? No, he's been here too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Larry. I love you, too. You and your chickens. Well, it's always a joy to see you. Yes, And it it's too. great to have you back on the Thank podcast. We we obviously are doing shorter interviews here today because we've got uh, a lot more several people, people and we've got a really special guest coming up next. Yeah, some so guy after just that. Yeah, have to come back for a long one. Absolutely, I can come back studio. another time. Yeah, it, once a year is great. Yeah. Okay, we can do that. No more than that, though. Okay, no more. All right. Thanks. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, gentlemen. All it was right. great to meet you. Take personally. care. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about 
Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hiram and Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiramandSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hiram and Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. All right. Well, most of you just heard us talk about we were going to come back at the Lodge in the Woods from a very for a very special guest to be interviewed. Uh, and we actually did that interview. Um, but one of the in, best interviews of all time. Yeah, it was. It truly was. Um, but uh, in typical Masonic Light podcast form, someone, and I'll admit it was I, that guy. Um, forgot to check and make sure that we were recording. So uh, our special guest, and we're just, so we're doing this a couple of weeks later, but we did want to go back and make sure that uh, we got this. The uh, Right Worshipful Grand Master of Free and Accepted Masons of Pennsylvania, Brother Jeffrey M. Wonderling. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate the interview you did at Lodge in the Woods, and we even more appreciate you jumping on a call to re help us recreate that a little bit. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Well, I had a great meeting in the woods, and uh, I'm more than happy to do it. All right. So you're, you're the first Grandmaster we've interviewed twice. How about that? That's right. There you go. <laughs> I want to make sure I tell that to Gene Harrod. You know, he's there you go. We'll do that. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> so, looking back on Lodge of the Woods, what were your, what was your impression of Lodge in the Woods uh, effort of style? Well, you know, the folks that there that night, I told the story that the the outdoor meeting was actually born in Connellsville, right? And uh, you know, we worked really hard when we did it. You know, we hauled chairs in, we hauled tables in. And we did our we did steaks, but we hauled in five or six grills, and we worked all day. And we had no tent, no cover. If it rained, you got rained on. <laughs> and, uh, you know the place. You know, I mean, we had to work on the grounds and keep it cut and everything. And when I saw what you guys, what you what uh, what the that your lodge did, um, I mean, you have a covered area. You have you have a perfect place to do it. You have an outdoor amphitheater. I mean, we sat on logs cut out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, we're using uh, you know we're using similar tiki torches, but we don't have fire pits. And I thought that it was a great setup. And I you know, you know, you don't realize you know what you're missing or what you have until you see somebody else's setup. And I thought they did a great job. It was yeah, really we, we couldn't have the fifteen hundred that you guys had out there, but um, yeah, we had a nice little crowd. Yeah. Well, we actually last year we redid the, uh, we reenacted the friend to friend Gettysburg battle, and uh, we had a live cannon fire, and we had uh, you know reenactors and everything, and we have eight hundred fourteen uh, masons attend that. Wow! And I can't prove this, but I don't think there's a jurisdiction in the country that's had eight hundred fourteen masons at one function, from the you know you know in a blue lodge in in recent memory i just don't think it's possible yeah so uh, we're really proud of that but we're done we've been doing it for 25 years we're we're, we're old dogs and we threw the gauntlet onto the new crew they're gonna have to do it if they want to do it and i'm sure they'll step up but you know 
it may take them a little while to get their uh, their feet their their feet under themselves. So yeah, that's what you're talking about is what was advertised as Lodge in the Hills, and it, it's yes, the Beacon Pittsburgh Hills. Area. Yeah, and that, and that actually, as we spoke, that was the ne that was the genesis of the Lodge in the Woods that we do. Was right. I was out there for one of those meetings, and it did rain. And yep. It rained like Noah's Ark. It rained, and I said, "I want to do this, but we need a roof." And and that's yeah, that, that's how we ended up at the camp. So yeah, it was a very. Do we get nice. to Jack for uh, for that? Because Jack actually went. The, I think it was the first one you went to, wasn't it, Jack? Uh, the Lodge in the Hills. Yeah. Yeah, we received um, the Mark Twain Award um, from the MSA, um, and it was presented at that meeting. And we were out there specifically for the the Grand Lodge meeting that preceded the Lodge in the Hills, so it was sort of a tie in there. But it it's it was just so nice. I mean, just to 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 go out, they had this big tabernacle thing set up, and and everybody um, uh, processed in, and it was all very regal. And and um, by the time the the tail end of the Grand Lodge got inside the tent, um, the skies opened up, and it was over. But anyway, Grandmaster, what um, uh, what 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 thoughts do you have for us other than um, demonstrating clearly that we don't know how to rule the universe? <laughs> uh, well, the thoughts I have, you know, I've been, you know, as I said at the meeting, as I said at the meeting of the woods that night, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, you know, we have the we our our fraternity and its and its value system, it's it's the best in the world, and I can and I and you know, this sounds like the wrong way to do it. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm into a little bit of marketing and PR and sales. So this is the exact thing you don't want to say to somebody. But, you know, by the way, we by the way, we our fraternity has been, you know, through no fault of anybody's. I mean, we had rules and, you know, we were never allowed to share the fraternity. We were it was always so private um, up until, you know, maybe what 13 years ago. Yeah. We weren't allowed to talk about it. I mean. You know, it's uh, in fact, in some some notices still today said once this notice has served its useful purpose, please destroy. Yeah. So, really? That's yeah. Oh, yeah. There's still no there's still lodges that have that. And, yeah. you know, the truth of the matter is there's nothing that's private other than the three degrees we do. Right. So because of our because of our privacy for 300 years, people are so afraid of it. And we haven't learned how to talk to people. We'll talk about everything. We'll talk about our kids we'll talk about our, our our sports teams we'll talk about playing golf we'll talk about girlfriends we'll talk about whatever but we won't talk to our best friends about the fraternity that we love right. and you know and i think what happens is people think you have to be an expert to talk about freedom that's not the case the only thing you got to do is if, if you whatever you know Whatever's in your mind about the fraternity, what you really like about it, you just need to talk like I'm talking to you yeah. about your positive experiences and what you like about the fraternity and, you know, and pick out, pick out good people and just talk to them about the fraternity. And you would be surprised. In fact, it wouldn't be surprised. You'd be shocked at how many would say, I want to know more. Yeah, so you're absolutely not, correct. It, it, there's the people, people looking for this. And, yeah. you know, nobody wants to talk about it and everybody's afraid of it. You know, they're, and it happens is nobody, it's like, it's like, you know, I used to, t I told my wife, I said, you know, it's like when you're dating in high school and, and, and there's all the guys standing on the one side of the dance floor and there's all the girls on the other. And nobody wants to say anything because everybody's afraid of rejection. Right. right. 
That's what we are. Yep. Nobody wants to, nobody's, somebody's going to say, well, my friend's not going to, not going to like that. And I don't want to hear the word. No. Yeah. Uh, you did a good job at the lodge in the woods in your, in your message that night of talking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, something that has had the impact on our lives like Freemasonry has, why would we not want others to have that? Right. It, it just absolutely amazes me. And, and I told, I think I told this, I don't know what I told the story or not. Now I'm slacking. I want you to know I'm slacking. This has been 23 months and I, since I started a process, but 23 months ago, I decided, you know, in my business or whatever I've ever done in my life, I've never asked anybody to do something that I haven't already done. Right. It didn't matter whether it was cleaning the bathrooms or whatever. It did not matter. I was going to, I was going to do it because I would never ask anybody to do something I would never do. So two months before, you know, and I'm just as bad as everybody else. I thought, what I'm, I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I need to, do, if I'm going to preach this, I need to do it. Yeah. And it was hard. I mean, yeah. I have great friends. And I always thought it would be Masons. I was all, I never asked them. So I just made a, a concerted effort. I picked out probably 20 people, really good guys, busy guys, but people that are quality individuals. And I privately met with them. We put that little uh, open house thing together. It's about 20 slides. It takes 45 minutes. And uh, 14 of them have signed petitions and are members of the Boo Lodge in 21 months. That's awesome. That's great. So, and I think I could do I think I could do one every month, but I've been kind of busy. Yeah. <laughs> what? Really? And, you, and as you said, the first time you do it, it's hard. The next time it's a little bit easier. And by the fourth or fifth time, then you kind of know what you want to say. Mm hmm. And it's like putting up a writer's a sheet or a wall wall. Once you get the first four or five and you have the template and you just do it. That's right. That is yeah, correct. It comfortable. It becomes comfortable. It's very much so. So yes. um, you mentioned that you're uh, a good year and a half plus into your uh, term as Grand Master. Um, what, uh, what, what does the future hold for you next in the next few months? And then what are you most looking forward to? Um, I won't say at noon on the 27th of December, but let's say January the 1st. Well, um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of in, in a fraternity, and I said this in my inauguration speech, I said, you know, it's amazing that I'm standing here as a grandmaster of Masons in Pennsylvania when you consider the only thing I ever asked for was a petition. Yep. So I wasn't looking yeah. for a job when this one came to me. And, and January 1st, I won't be looking for another job. Now, if somebody needs me somewhere, asks me to do something, and I think I can help, you know, and I just didn't, and people think, well, you're going to be grandmaster. If somebody offered it to you, you're going to take it. My wife and I had long discussions. I just didn't say, okay, great, I'm going to be grandmaster. I'm going to do this because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy, it's a heavy lift. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if I didn't think I could move the fraternity or move the needle, which that's going to be for other people to decide if that happened or not, I would have never done it. So if somebody asks me to do something next year, but right now I have, n there's nothing I'm on my plate. Uh, my wife has informed me that she's flying to Florida after the first of the year and she's not coming back until Memorial day. And she doesn't really care what I do. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty much in stone. So yeah. I don't know what the future holds to be honest with you. Right. So um, if the measure is, uh, did you, did he leave it? better than he found it. I, I'm going to say that's an unequivocal yes. Absolutely. Uh, you, yeah. You've made it, you've made it very comfortable. Um, I'm, I'm going to, the word is commodious. It, it's just friendly. 
um, you, you've allowed people to relax without um, without diminishing the formality of it. If that's if I can say that. So right. um, so from us, it's a it's a hard yes. It's well done. Well, and the thing is, uh, you know, I'm I'm more, and that, that, I mean, that may or not. I mean, like I said, I'm that's not for me to say. But I appreciate those comments. But I will tell you this: the stuff that we've really tried to do, and, and I give kudos to the whole team. Because there was a time where a grandmaster came in and, and nobody knew what he was going to do and he did it. And then, you know, two years later, things were changed mm -hmm. and we've made a very, very focused effort between not only the four of us with the help of the grand treasurer and the grand secretary, but also it basically started at the end of brother, brother Gene Herod's term. We decided and he coined a phrase. We were going to have a culture of continuity where we're going to try oh, and we were going to start trying to start foundational. Uh, make a foundational base and then each grandmaster you know every officer like pj roop he's a junior grand warden he's been brought up to speed you know he he his opinion counts we we vote as a team um now naturally somebody has to make a decision the grandmaster always rules but i can tell you this that if if the majority didn't want to do it and i wanted to do it i didn't do it mm. because we, we had to get away from this boomerang. Yeah. You know, we talk about, you know, I mean, I don't want to say too much about our work, but there's a word, you know, we have two words. It's called freeborn. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I'm the grandmaster and I, and I'm a, I consider myself an expert on a third degree. And I have to think whether it's in or out because it's been checked so many times. Yep. I came in, I came into the line when we took it out like a year before I went to the East. And then I had to unlearn it from that point. And now I'm trying to have, and I'm like you, or uh, Grandmaster, I now have to, when I'm conferring a third degree, I actually stop to make sure I get that in. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, but most of the stuff that I've done, quite frankly, are foundational things. Yep. You know, with the, uh, the uh, Masonic uh, um, Committee for uh, when the inquiries come in. Right. Uh, the MAC, the... Uh, um, Masonic Awareness Committee. And then we completely revamped the education and how we mentor people, online testing. You know, that's all stuff that we're not going to know for a, for six six years to a decade. And the other guys, I you know, you encourage you guys coming after you. Hey, we came up with a plan. We put it down and we hope it's the foundation, but we know it's got to, got to be tweaked. Because if we don't continue to learn and change as the times as the times dictate, you know, we're not going to we're not going to make any any progress. So just, you know, hopefully we've made some good changes and hopefully uh, we've done it as a team. I can't take credit of any of it solely. So uh, hopefully it will just move in that direction. It'll, it'll be better for everybody. That's that's the goal. Absolutely. That's awesome. One last question, then we'll let you go. Um, when you were announced as the right worshipful junior grand warden getting in that line, uh, I'm sure you had a vision of what you thought being Grandmaster might be like. Um, how is that different from the reality, you know, eight years later when you're in that chair? Well, and uh, I, I, I always hesitate to say this because, you know, the off, I mean, it's, you know, I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to do this. There's no question. There's only been a, I'm the 124th Grandmaster in 280 years or whatever, right? And we started with two, we started with two grand lodges, right? For the first three or four years, we had a couple of grand masters each year. And having said that, 
I really, and to this day, I understand it's there and I understand it's a big deal, but you know, everybody says, are you excited coming on the run up? Right. And I could quite honestly would tell them, no, I'm not excited. Quite frankly, I'm scared to death. <laughs> and I'm kidding about that because, you know, you think you have the skills and the tools to do this, right? But you don't know until you're sitting in that chair. And my biggest fear was I would fail the brethren. And that was a serious, serious concern. Mm -hmm. But I think what I learned about what you think it's going to be and what it is, is if you if you forget about trying to do the grandiose things and you just don't lose sight of yourself don't change you mm. should be the same person coming out as you were when you went in and because that's what that's why somebody somebody or a group of folks saw something in you that they thought was good for the job right so my thing was to just go in there and I often said in some of my speeches, I may, I'm probably not the smartest. I'm definitely not the fastest, but I will never be outworked. Absolutely. And that was the attitude I took. And I just tried to put one foot in front of the other and just try to make common sense decisions. And when I speak to people, I speak on a level that everybody can understand. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you try to make it so it makes so, so much sense to people, the light bulb goes off and say, you know what? I can't find a hole in that argument. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's all I've done. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm no, you know, I'm just a regular guy, just like everybody else, you know, just, just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm blessed and, and it, I'm just so thankful for all the support. I mean, the support is unbelievable. You know, the people, not only for brethren like yourself, but, the people at the Masonic villages that work there. I mean, look at these people through COVID. They couldn't even go home yeah. and they couldn't do enough. They wanted to do it, you know, and the staff at the temple and, and it just goes on and on and on and on and, and the aides and the deputies and, you know, it's, they make it a lot easier than it, than it probably, probably really should be. So it's just, we got the greatest organization we have probably the, you know, I would, I'm partial, but probably one of the most respected and greatest grand lodges in the, in, in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm just lucky enough to be where I am, but I, I don't take any of it lightly. I'm blessed every day and I'm going to give it, you know, I'm one of those guys that there's not, uh, there's no quit. So it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be whatever I can do between now and December 27th at 12 noon, but you can take this to the bank. The reason our lodge, my personal lodge, is so successful, this is a message to other people that are running lodges. You do the best you can, and on your end, think out of the box. Make sure it's masonically okay with your deputy, but nothing is off the table. Bring in excitement. And for the guys that are going out, do what I'm going to do. Get out of the way. <laughs> Don't do a no thing. Because if you keep trying to run it, there's never any new ideas and we get stale. Yeah. Everybody should have their time. And that's what's going to happen with me. At 12.01, I'm out. <laughs> if, if Brother Dirk calls me and wants me to do anything, I'm all in for him. If he doesn't call, I'm not offering. 
<laughs> and I think I think that's why our lodge is so successful because all the past masters just get out of the way. So that and would that, be my that is really a recipe for success. I really think it is. Yeah. Uh, Grandmaster, we don't want to take any more of your time, but we greatly appreciate you accommodating us uh, in doing this interview. Uh, I know the brethren are going to love hearing from you, and um, I wish you much success. I think you've done a fantastic job as Grandmaster. And that's just not blowing smoke at you. That's uh, that's an honest feeling. Um, as, as you said, you, you've made it such that uh, uh, the common man, the common brother can come and talk to you, can um, um, can come up with ideas. And um, I think opening up uh, the conversation about how we grow our fraternity is something that will live well beyond all of our years. So well, and I would. I will leave you with this. I'm a huge REO Speedwagon fan. Yep. In fact, I'm going to see him Tuesday night at, in uh, Johnstown. Awesome. And I will leave you with this. When I went in, when I was walking in, my wife and I were introduced as the Grandmaster at the inaugural banquet. They were playing Roll with the Changes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That was a message. Well, I'll give you a little sneak peek. At my going out banquet, it's going to be a message to the brethren. Keep pushing. That's great. That is, we look forward to seeing you at that. I know a lot of folks are planning to come to Lancaster um, for that communication and the uh, uh, installation and so on. So, um, but again, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. Um, and I guess, uh, Jack, we should probably say on the, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to transport back to uh, Lodge in the Woods for the other interviews. Just, uh, <laughs> and, can, we, can we have our dues cards back, please? Yeah, yeah. And, th and thank you. And I want you to know, I don't know whether you can see this, but you see what I have in my hand here. Oh, oh there it is. Look at that. Got the knife. I, I carry it every day. Outstanding. Thank I, I want you to for thank that. you for yep. So <laughs> anyway, thank you for having me. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless all our Freemasons. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we are back. Uh, we're joined by Josh. Up. Hello. Yes, I just you're on. Say, I just want to say one thing. In the background, you're going to hear golf carts back and forth. That people had to park in a satellite parking lot, which is two miles down the road, to be transported up here. Not exactly two, but no, it feels exactly like two miles. But it seemed like it. <laughs> but for some reason or other, we were waved in here for special parking. Well, that's because you're with the Masonic Light oh, Podcast. Oh, man, I felt yeah. good today. Yeah. So, Josh, welcome. Thank you. Good to have you here. Thank you. All right. We are joined with a really special guest, someone I met uh, actually at the Redding Cigar Smoker, the very first Redding Cigar Smoker, Cody. And tell us your last name, Cody. Uh, Ogden. Cody Ogden. Uh, and he's a first-year Mason. And uh, so uh, talk to us about your thoughts uh, as you've uh, kind of completed your degree work now right not not quite yet okay I just received my fellow craft awesome uh, last thursday awesome and uh it's been an amazing journey so far uh-huh i uh you know my father is a member uh, his father was a member so uh in some ways it was just kind of a divine intervention that i be a member someday myself but it is uh unlike anything i've ever experienced in my life that's great 
Well, and the fact that you're already getting involved in stuff, the social aspects, the cigar event that they held at Reading, this event. Um, there are a lot of Masons that are Masons for years and years and don't get involved like that. So it's a, Yeah, I mean, it's just nice to be invited. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially not uh, having received my, my third degree yet, uh-huh. to be able to participate, uh, you know, as, as early on uh, as an entered apprentice and now a fellow craft. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the brotherhood is just an amazing. You, you said you were invited? I was. You were invited. Gee. Out of the 167 people here, he's the only one that's been invited. <laughs> yeah, it's not. If true. you buy a ticket, you can come. Oh. <laughs> well, somebody bought him a ticket, so that oh, was that's the nice. good. That's nice. That's yeah. a really great gesture. Yes. Yeah, yes, it is. Actually, not everybody's as tight as you are with. Oh, Monica, is that it? So they invite friends to come with them. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself uh, outside of uh, masonry. So uh, I, I belong to Effort Lodge 665. I live in Effort of Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, professionally, I uh, work in marketing technology, so I work for a company in New York, uh, working with uh, large retailers, uh, helping them with their email marketing programs and text message marketing programs. What I tell people is, everything you hate about the internet, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And then uh, outside of that, uh, I just uh, I love uh, music, so I, I play a couple of instruments, love going to concerts, uh, I love um, target shooting and fishing and, and all those things so you're a good mason then <laughs> that's right well and so at some point i'm sure you'll join a couple of other bodies i know somebody's already chasing you down for a scottish right petition oh yeah as soon as it's done even though they really can't talk to you about it yet uh but if you tell them you're in music they're going to have a job for you okay. <laughs> they're going to have you either playing an organ or playing an instrument or singing or doing something so or you could sit in a chair on the stage like larry and be part of the stage crew Right? Oh, you yeah. still on the stage? Oh, that's group? in the back of the stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. fun. That was a Eats great experience. That was a very good coffee. experience. <laughs> very good <laughs> All right. So, uh, what, do, what do you know about what's going on here tonight? Anything? So, uh, based on what I understand, we're going to have a great steak dinner. Uh huh. And then we're all going to head down uh, for, for Lodge. Uh, and the pictures I've seen, it looks beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, some fire pits and yeah. just good fellowship. I'm looking forward to that. That's great. And it's a beautiful, I mean, this is my first time at Camp Mac, and uh, what a beautiful facility. This, Couldn't is, ask a, for this is unusual weather. weather yeah, for absolutely. Us, it's usually either 100 degrees or pouring rain. Exactly. When I was yeah. here about four years ago, it was 100 degrees. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming over and talking to us for a few minutes. And uh, being from Ephrata, you can come down on the second and uh, fourth Wednesdays when we record there in the studio. Sounds great. We'd love to have you come by. Appreciate the invite. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. And we're back. We have another guest with us this evening, uh, perhaps one of our most consistent contributors to the Masonic Light podcast. Patreon. He's a Patreon Patreon. supporter. Uh, R. Scott Hoover. Uh, The Tyler. The Tyler. Millersville Lodge. It's the first time Millersville Lodge has come to this. Before we were uh, Charles M. Howe Lodge and Lamberton Lodge merged, which was a good handshake. We, we are affectionately known as Lamberville, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or Millerton. Or, yeah, Millerton. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Good. So uh, you've been painting places lately. Yeah, so you're making Millersville look beautiful one roof at a time today. I have never missed a lodge in the woods. That's something Jack Harley cannot say, who started this entire day. Right. 
One year, Jack Harley was away on business, and he got down there, and there was uh, no business to be done. So, very disappointing. Well, <laughs> I did call him on that day. I said, Jack, I at least want to hear your voice on the day of Lodge in the Woods. That's great. Larry, are you okay now? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Can you his, hear us all? His headphones were conflicting and confusing me. <laughs> it's to put the round things on the outside of your No, ears. it wasn't working that way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so how are things going uh, at uh, the new uh, lodge, the new the Millersville Lodge? lodge. great. We have uh, our finances are well. In fact, we're uh, going to uh, hire an architect to give the wow factor to Millersville Lodge. That was at our last meeting. We were allowed to spend up to $8,000. So we should have a lot of wow. See what happens when you miss miss a meeting, Larry. It passed unanimously. We have some of the members uh, um, of the podcast were not there to give any objections. Wait, I'm stuck at (laughs) $8,000. What do you mean, (laughs) $80,000? This is just for the architect. Just for the architect. Oh, and then the architect can tell oh. us how to give the wow factor because a lot of lodges do have a good wow factor. Yeah. Okay. And we want Millersville to also be in that, not just for more sparkling. I've always enjoyed visiting down there. I've always felt very welcome, and uh, it's a it's a it's a good it's good to see two lodges come together the way those two did and uh, uh, stronger together. We truly Definitely. are. It, it was a good merger. In fact, uh, Brother Larry was uh, instrumental in that. And uh, we have Lambert and Killer over here. Oh, I was very good at delegating all the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thanked you many, many times. <laughs> and I did ask uh, when we were having our meetings at uh, Lamberton, I said, I was caught by surprise. I said, why? I asked Brother Larry, I said, why are we going to meet in Millersville and not stay here at, you know, in Lancaster? And Larry uh, very graciously informed me, well, Scott, we own that place out there. We're not going to stay where we're just renting. So I said, okay, that makes sense. Now I understand. <laughs> That's great. So uh, you got anything else going on Masonically? Uh, yeah. Next, uh, what is it, Monday night we're doing uh, for School of Instruction, uh, we're doing a live third degree. So that will be interesting to uh, Millersville Lodge will be doing that for the district. So okay. that will be good to how do, you, how do you do a dead third degree? Well, we uh, we don't have a candidate is what oh, actually happens. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay. We actually get to raise oh. the body. So this is an actual oh. conferral of a third degree. Correct. Awesome. So, uh, But nobody's getting it, right? When When is this? Next Monday night. Oh, okay. Okay. And hopefully you can be there. No, I won't be there. <laughs> I'll have, I have some questions about that afterwards. Be, uh, yeah. Won't be shouting from the sidelines. Right. That's not the right word. <laughs> not your typical school of instruction, right? <laughs> That's how to keep them quiet. That's right. An actual degree, and no one's going to holler until afterwards. Great. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Um, I think uh, we're uh, all that's uh, left to do is go eat. I'm going to go eat a steak. And then uh, we'll go to the presentations at the uh, official lodge in the woods. So. Thanks for joining us. All right. Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck here to bring you an update from my lodge, the Brogan Pla number 377. It is now September, and that means we are all called on again from refreshment to labor. But allow me the opportunity to tell you about an event that took place this summer. A brother in our lodge, Richie Wedelman, 
was an amateur meteorologist, and he decided that it was time to take his passion to new heights. So he purchased a weather balloon online, an Amazon special. As soon as the package arrived, Brother Richie ripped it open and oohed and awed. Being a prod mason, he painted an image of the broken plow on the side of the balloon. The day of the initial launch came and he invited a bunch of the brothers over to his house to watch the spectacle. After the proper inflation pressure was reached, an appropriate prayer was said and we all exclaimed, so mote it be. The balloon started to rise up toward heaven. It was really neat to see it as it climbed against a bright blue sky. As it continued its climb, a gust of wind from out of the east came and Brother Richie lost his handle. I guess he was using a slip grip. The balloon started to blow away, and we watched as it continued in a westerly direction. We all jumped in our cars and began to follow it. Richie was leaning halfway out of my truck yelling which way I should go. The balloon kept going in the direction of the Weidenhammer's farm. Now what you need to know about old man Weidenhammer is that he was a grisly old veteran of the Cold War. He had spent time in Korea and was also stationed near the Soviet border for some time. Brother Weidenhammer was also a member of our lodge, but one of those dues-paying members who never showed up for anything. We raced in that direction. As we pulled down their long lane, we could see old Lady Weidenhammer ringing the dinner bell like mad. As we flew into the front yard, we saw old man Weidenhammer running out with a shotgun in his hand. We could see he was yelling something up towards the balloon. He began jumping up and down. We quickly got out of the cars and yelled for him to stop, but just then he took aim and shot the balloon out of the sky. Brother Richie came running over and said, What are you doing? Old man Weidenhammer replied, Why that damn Ruskies are attacking and I shot it down. Brother Richie said, What in God's name made you think it was the Russians? Weidenhammer exclaimed, I just look at the hammer and sickle on the side of it. Don't know better, you old dumb cup. That's the broken plow, Richie yelled. We helped gather up the pieces and gave them all to Brother Richie. Our excitement for the day was to an end. Old man Weidenhammer did not apologize for his actions. According to him, you can never trust anything that doesn't have an American flag on it. I guess given his past, I can understand that. Brother Richie vowed to get a new balloon in the near future, and we all advised him to make sure that this time he paints the stars and stripes on it. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and on the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel. Just search for Doug Maidenford or PA Dutch 101. And we're back. Uh, it's been a great uh, day here, great afternoon. Uh, we've had some interviews. Uh, uh, we're about to go eat steak and uh, enjoy the evening. Um, so what do you think, Larry? Well, I think it's been a great day. The weather is spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I'm, I, I, like I said, I was here four years ago, and it was 100 degrees. Right. And that was bad. No matter eating a hot steak and a hot meal with 100 degrees temperature under a pavilion that has a tin roof. 
bad news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, yeah. But and then I guess last year, two it years poured. ago, two it years rained. Ago it rained like crazy. Poured, yeah. 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 This is the best we've had. And there's Steve Doctor. Steve Doctor has uh, walked into the tent. That's uh, great. How you going, Steve? So we we're, would be remiss. Down, but come say hello. We would be remiss if we didn't mention um, that this past. Su- <laughs> okay. <laughs> be remiss if we didn't mention that this past Sunday was the uh, first annual Pete Ruggieri Unrun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my understanding is the grand total is now up to $6,000. Yes, yes. Which is an amazing first year. So and it was a nice crowd that showed up, too. It was really fantastic. Yeah, there, 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 there could have been one or two more, uh, but... Um, yeah, Larry ended up on the disabled list again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about it. It's disgusting. <laughs> Josh ended up sick. Uh, but uh, it was a good time was had by all. Uh, Steve was there. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, the last the race lasted about two and a half seconds, which was perfect. That was good timing. And uh, and there were winded people, too, by the yes. way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But we had some live streaming on our Facebook page uh, during that event, and I think folks enjoyed that as well. So, uh, did we have a lot of viewers on that? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, a bunch. I was awesome. watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I weren't was, watching yeah, I was, it? Yeah, I was. Oh, okay. I watched it. Yeah. Right. I was just curious at the number of people throughout the country that actually. Yeah, watched I, it. I, I saw a number right afterwards, and it was several hundred. And so, wow. Um, well, I'm not sure what the number's up to now, but I can yeah. check. So, Josh. What's up? Haven't had an opportunity to engage a whole lot, but nope. uh, what's going on in your world? Uh, not too much. Just working. Yep. Doing the normal thing. Yep. Uh, that's pretty much it. Still feeling kind of crappy, but... Well, we were glad you're here, yeah. and uh, good thing you're sitting on the other side of the table. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> all right. I don't have COVID, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good, because... Uh, Aren't you going to ask what we're going to be doing this for the next couple so, of weeks? Uh, Larry, Goose and Gridiron. And, Goose and Gridiron, uh, Tall, tall cedars. cedars. All right, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> I've got a stated meeting coming up, uh, the usual stuff. Uh, we'll catch up on our next episode on all the other fun stuff. Jack is still buzzing around here. Uh, he's going to miss the closing here, but that's okay. Um, so uh, Josh will uh, uh, virtually queue up the chickens. And uh, Larry, why don't you take us home? Oh, gee, this is going to be different tonight. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to uh, Josh Lamberton, our producer director, who is here in out in the, the beautiful, beautiful. Oh, we're really in the mountains in the woods. Let me tell you, we're really out. And uh, to uh, Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman, our marketing director, and to our contributors, Dutchy Doug, uh, Doug Maidenford, Austin Schifrin. And, uh, oh, dear Lord, she's going to kill me. Oh, what's her name? Yeah. Michelle Snyder. <laughs> Michelle Snyder. Thank you, Michelle. Don't, don't hate me. Uh, also, to uh, special thanks to Effort Lodge 665. Now, we're not in the studio. We're in the outdoors. But they're actually hosting a lodge in the woods, and they've been doing this for quite a few years. And special thanks for allowing us to participate with, thank you, Glenn. Uh, participate uh, in, in setting up a tent and our, our studio and so forth. But thanks again. And everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Have a great day, night, whatever, wherever it is, whatever time it is, wherever you are. This is Larry Maris. 
Thanks for listening. This is Tim. This is Josh. Have fun. Do good. There you go. Bye, everybody.